hey, I want you to lean into this. Have you ever asked questions like, why am I going through this? What if this never gets better? Does God really care about me? Well, listen, when life falls apart, it's real easy to feel alone and slip into despair, disillusioned with God, hopeless about the future and doubting your faith. Listen, I want to tell you about a resource because y'all know how I am. I believe that God is our ultimate source, but we got to tap into resources to help us get through this crazy, broken, imperfect world and life that we live. I want to encourage you to check out this new seven session study called Desperate for Hope, Questions We Ask God in Suffering, Loss, and Longing. It's written by my girl, Vanita Reisner. Vanita tackles the hard questions and offers a scriptural framework to help you find hope in your pain. And y'all know, I feel like there's hope in pain. Trust me when I say she will be a gracious guide through this difficult topic, walking with you as you meet women in the Bible who suffered loss and sharing her own experience of longing and grief. In the end, after you finish all of the sessions, you'll find that the answers to your deepest questions can be found in the character, the goodness, and the sovereignty of God. To learn more about this seven-session Bible study, visit lifeway.com slash desperate for hope. Hey fam, welcome to the Still Coloring Podcast with Tony Collier. I am your host, Tony Collier, and each series we lean into the stories of women and men that uncover their brokenness and practically show us all how they've rebuilt their lives with hope and grit. Come on, come on, come on. Hey, good people. It's Tony Collier. I'm excited about this episode. It is episode five of the season with the one and the only a licensed professional counselor, Mrs. Deborah Folletta, my good friend. She's written a brand new book called Reset Powerful Habits to Own Your Thoughts, Understand Your Feelings and Change Your Life. This honestly is like a free counseling session. I'm just going to say that right now. It is not a counseling session, but it is going to feel like one. It's going to feel like you have your own licensed professional counselor helping you become more whole. We talk about toxic optimism. We talk about how to retrain our thoughts so that we can tend to our feelings. We talk about how important it is to understand our feelings if we're truly going to change our behaviors. Listen, if you are ready for a shift in your life, a shift in your behavior, if you're ready to stop getting triggered and blaming everyone else because you've been triggered and really start to own that you've got your stuff and you need to work through it, this is the episode for you. Here's the line that I want you to pay attention to. We have to let God reveal what's going on in our lives so that he can heal what's going on in our lives. Dive right on in. Tell somebody about the episode. Let's go. Well, hello, family. It's Tony, obviously. And we're here, episode five, with my friend, Deborah Folletta. Let me just tell you right now, brace yourself, okay? This is the episode where you either are watching or listening where you want to sit down and write some notes, okay? And it's okay if you don't write notes because I'm always going to point you to a resource every single time. Deborah's got a new book out. It's called Reset. Let me just read the subtitle so that you guys know what's going down. Powerful habits to own your thoughts, understand your feelings, and change your life. And I don't know about you, baby. But when I was in the valleys, I needed to own my thoughts, okay? And there were some habits I needed to change, like twerking and drinking and popping and all kinds of stuff. Um, and I, I wanted my life to be transformed. And I've heard you guys. Y'all are like, I want 
people to speak to me about transforming my life. I want to be more whole. And that's what this season is about. And that's what you're about to get on this episode. So if that is you, take this seriously, invest in your time and make sure that you write some notes and or you just come back and listen to this like 15 times. Deborah, how you doing? Hey, girl. It's good to be here. <laughs> you're the yin to my yang. OK, I know. I, am I like know. It is 10. always a good time when we are together. This it's a balanced time. It's a balanced time. <laughs> I love I'm, it. I'm right here. And you're like, let's just uh, let's keep it steady here, sweet girl. And I'm like, freaking right. OK, um, I'm excited to talk with you. I have so many questions. I've already gone through your book. I mean, it's it's so great. And I'm just like, where do we even start? But I know the thing that my listeners want, my watchers want is they want to know how to live a well-balanced life. They want to be more whole, not only for themselves, but for their families, too. I think I want to start by asking you why you write the resources that you write. Like, right, like you could just be a licensed professional counselor and live your life, but you have decided to take your knowledge and put it into great resources like Reset. Why did you write this book? And what are you excited about people learning? I think the first thing is that I do it because I love Jesus and I want to make him known. And I know That's the good. healing that he can bring. And I think oftentimes we don't apply that healing yeah. to our emotional, psychological, relational world. Oftentimes we think of healing. Yep. We think of physical things. Yeah. But I really believe that God has kind of given me the the vision and spirit of healing on a, on a psychological level. Yeah. And I want to show people that it's possible. And mm -hmm. so I'm really excited because I get to bring the principles that I know to be yep. solid and true from counseling, yeah. but paired with God's truth. Mm. And, and, it, and it's just a remarkable thing. So yeah. reset is all about changing our behavior. Oh. And I think sometimes we say we want behavior change. But mm -hmm. we don't because we uh -uh. really want comfort and we really yeah. want familiarity and yeah. we really want life just to, to, to remain consistent and steady because it feels safer. Yeah. And so we end up living unhealed or, or we, oh. we try to change, but we do it superficially from the outside in oh, rather than from the inside out. And so we get stuck again and again and again. So I just want to help people get unstuck and unstuck. find change and healing in any area that they might feel like they need a reset. Now, wait a minute. We change superficially. What does that look like? Like, what's the difference? So let's just give the example. Okay. So New Year's resolutions, right? Oh yeah. At this point in the season, they are like done. They're in the gutter, right? Yeah. You know, nobody, very few people, like less than 10% of people yeah. have kept their New Year's resolutions at this uh -huh. point. So why is that? Mm. Let's just say you want to lose weight. So you, yep. you start superficially, you clean out your pantry, yes. you get a gym membership, you order some healthy, expensive groceries. Oh. And you're like, okay, this is Organic. it. I'm going to do it. I'm going to, uh, exactly. I'm going to become healthy. I'm going to lose weight. I'm going to do what uh, I need to do. Yeah. But you haven't actually gotten to the roots <gasps> of why it is you default to food to oh, begin snap. with. So if you're just dealing with the symptoms superficially, it's not going to take you far. It's it's not actual healing. Uh, I, I, I open reset by talking about this crazy car that I had in college, Tony. Have you ever had a lemon of a car? Oh, baby, I mean. <laughs> I've had a few. Okay. Let me just tell you right now. Okay. And this car would like the windshield wipers would just start to go off. The alarm would start to blare. Mm -hmm. uh, the windows would just roll down like suddenly <laughs> while I was driving. It was so yeah. annoying. 
And I could have dealt with those symptoms superficially. Uh-oh. Could have taped those windows shut. I yeah, could have muffled could've. that alarm. I could have taken off the windshield wipers to yep. just stop all of that nonsense. Mm. But is that actually change? Is that actually fixing the problem? Mm. And and I think we tackle ourselves that yep. way. Yep. Oftentimes we focus on the superficial symptoms mm-hmm. without going under the hood and figuring <gasps> out what is actually wrong here. Why am I doing oh what gosh. I'm doing? And when we can finally dig a little deeper and yeah. answer that question of why it begins to change everything. <gasps> okay. I just, I have a quick story because I, th- here's what I love about our guests. They're so profound and the information is so good. And then I have like these listeners who are like me that are completely ratchet and we're just doing the best <laughs> that we can out here. Right. And they just need like some like prove it kind of situation. Like, yeah, I know this is true in my life because I like to twerk Deborah. Like I, there's something in me that I just want to dance wild and nasty. Okay. I don't know what that is. And for the longest time I was like, man, I just want to go to the club. It's just cause I want to have fun. No, I wanted attention, right? Like I wanted yeah. people to yeah. look at me specifically men to look at me, to lust after me. And there was this longing there and I just couldn't satisfy it. I'm like, I didn't been to the clubs. I am sweating my edges out. I mean, what is happening? And you know, it wasn't until I accepted that one, God is my most intimate partner and there's a foundation there. And then two, I got a good man who didn't want me to have all my behind out at the club and really loved me for me. It, it wasn't until I healed those parts of me that I really started to experience change and those desires changed. I no longer want to be half naked in the club all the time. Now, sometimes the, the wild thoughts do try to come on in, but I know right. what to do with them now because it's not like, oh, just shut that down. It's like, oh, well, I need to tend to a longing, right? Exactly. That's, what I hear That's what's say. going on underneath the surface. Yeah. And And honestly, think about it this way. For some women who are stuck in sexual sin and struggle, it is actually more about power and control and security because it makes you feel powerful when you believe that you have this sexual lure. When we talk, this is sidetracked, but I feel like- Oh, no, no, no. This This is needed. Sometimes men struggle with lust. We we say that. Yeah. I I believe that we all struggle, but oftentimes what I see is, is- the, the lust that women struggle with is actually a lust for power and control because it feels so good to me when oh I gosh. know that I can control you with my sexuality. It gives me some sort of power that I, that I'm longing oh or craving goodness. or trying to overcompensate for in other areas of my life. Deborah, first of all, okay. I, I'm going to say this. I've never said this publicly because it's a little controversial. I feel like, and I feel like what you're saying kind of like proves that a lot of times we as women mask our confidence and like, oh, I, I'm just confident. Like, I'm just confident in my body. So that's why I'm half naked on Instagram. We mask it when really it's this desire for control, this desire to be seen and to be able to control how men come at you and the DMs that are now. And it's like, it's really control. Like, you like it. You like that these men are like looking at your body. And it's not just about confidence. It's really deeply rooted like insecurity. Yeah, absolutely. And oh, and so we can't just tweak our external behaviors. No. And expect it to change. Like if I'm struggling with putting out these pictures of myself or this image of myself and, mm. and deep down, I'm like, I don't really want to do that, but I keep doing it. I don't really want to be sleeping around with these guys, but I keep sleeping around with these guys. You can turn off your DMs. Ooh. You can swap out your Instagram pictures, but that is only going to lead to temporary change unless you get to the root unless you begin to heal at the root. I think what we try to do, think of a Mm. garden. We got all these weeds. Yeah. 
And we try to plant good seeds in there too, to, 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 to try to balance it out. But what ends up happening is the weeds choke mm. out the good stuff and it never takes root. It never grows. It's not just about planting wow. good seeds. Mm. It's also about uprooting the weeds. Oh. And so this is a journey of like, if we actually want to get, if we actually want to pursue wholeness, yeah. we have to start by Ooh. uprooting the weeds and, and then paying attention and, and then starting to do things a little differently. Okay. Here's so, okay. Oh, this is so good. I'm so, I just love what's going on. Okay. When you as an author, when we as authors, we name our books, we name our titles, we have our subtitles, like those words really matter. Like it, there's a reason why you called it reset. There's a reason why you have this subtitle. And the second part of the subtitle is understand your feelings, which means that's like an important part in resetting, right? Like, yes, I feel it's part like of the journey. It's part of the journey. And I feel like what we've tried to do is like diminish feelings like we, we've we've said, oh, you can't trust your feelings. Like, don't let right. them in the room. Like, you can't trust them. Faith over feelings, all the things. But you put this on the front of a book for a reason. Like, there is a power in us understanding our feelings. On this journey to reset and this journey to picking out the weeds and not just planting seeds, how important is it to understand our feelings? What role does that play? It's essential. Oh, you dang. can't okay, well. <laughs> seek change, meaningful change, lasting change, without mm. tapping into what you feel nothing besides oh, overriding your feelings and trying to like pursue it with willpower. Mm. And that's not going to last because willpower doesn't last forever. That's oh, just the Jesus. reality. It does not last forever. Sorry, y'all. So, so, so there's a pattern to, to the subtitle, mm. owning your thoughts, understanding your feelings oh. and changing your life. You have to do it in that order. Oh. If you start with the changing your life part, that's the behavior. Okay, I, I want to change something. Yeah. When you backtrack your behavior, you're going to find a feeling always, some sort of a feeling. The only exception to this rule is if you have muted your feelings, because sometimes so with long. past trauma, we learn to ignore yep. feelings. We learn to put them on mute so yep. we don't feel them. That doesn't mean they're not there. They're still there. You just can't They're just muted. They're muffled. Wow. And, and and understanding that feeling is so important. So going back to the analogy of you and your season of, of like being wild and being <laughs> out there and wanting the attention of all these guys. Yeah. What was that feeling <gasps> underneath the surface? Was it insecurity? Mm. Was it anxiety? Was Look it a on. lack of control? Like what was going on? If you That's really dig good. deep, you will find that there was a feeling was that was motivating feeling. you. Maybe it was you were bored and you needed some excitement in your life. You felt like things were just a little too mm. boring and you're used to chaos and you need excitement. Ooh. There was a feeling. There and a and feeling. and we if if we were sitting down for a counseling session yes. like we have in the past. Counsel me. Yeah, I know again. I'm ready. Air, I don't want to cry. So I'm like, wait, repeat. No. But but if if we were really to dig deep here. Yeah there would be a feeling that comes to the surface yeah. because your feelings are important. They're a signal. They They're a signal that spotlights something that's going on underneath the surface that needs to be paid attention to. When I go to the beach, Ugh. I was just in Florida a couple of weeks ago and I saw this guy on the beach with a metal detector. Oh, yes. Like, you know, those guys, yeah, yeah, you yeah. know, it's crazy, Tony. I'm about to turn 40 and I really want a metal detector. I First of all, we're going to get you a metal detector. Listen, yes. Isn't that the craziest? You're most no, it's random. not. Okay. They just seem so fascinating. That. They're like looking for treasures. And I'm always like, beep, like beep, beep. so like, fascinated oh, to treasure. talk to these people on the I beach. Know. But this guy is going around the beach 
And he's like, you know, all of a sudden you hear beep, 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 beep. When I think about that, that's what I think about with feelings. Mm. They are detecting something. It is oh. a signal. Now, now where where we have what we have to understand and where people say feelings can't always be trusted, that's mm. true. Because sometimes the beep, 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 beep yep. is actually a false alarm. There's no gold under there. Oh. There's a tin can. You know what I mean? <laughs> it's a Coca-Cola. But that doesn't okay. mean there's not something under there mm. that we need to uncover. That's so good. feelings are always a signal of some sort. Oh. And that's why it's important for us to to not just stuff yeah. our feelings, but to be aware of them, to bring them to the surface. Oh, we are so, so good. good at stuffing, oh, especially so feelings that we think are uncomfortable. But I always tell people, if you want to preserve yeah. things, stuff them, bury them. They will actually last longer. <gasps> and so you're doing the exact them. opposite when you're stuffing all of these quote unquote bad feelings yeah. because they really need to be brought up to the surface and examined. Mm, because they're going to stay there anyway. If you stuff them and they're being preserved, they're just going to keep coming up. They're just going to keep ruining your little story and your life. You're absolutely <gasps> right. Oh, I love this. And they're going to come up even stronger oh, and more they uncontrolled. They didn't been under the ground. Seasons. They got some energy now. You're absolutely right. Okay, I'm going to be vulnerable. So feelings are important. And They're then, important. and then even deeper, and we'll get into this yeah. is what's underneath the feeling, which is your thoughts. Oh, Jesus. Okay. Hold on. Wait, I just want to be vulnerable for a moment and just say that the feeling that I had when I was being wild, half naked in the club was I felt really unseen. And I mm. felt like this was the only way to be seen. I'm like, no one sees me. No one cares for me. No one's looking out for me. But if I put myself right. out there, hopefully someone will see me. And I always feel so much compassion when I hear your story. When we were yeah. at, together at a conference back yeah. in September, I don't know if you remember, Tony, but after you shared, I was yeah. like bawling my eyes like, out. I, I just crying. came over, gave you a hug. Yeah. You remember that? Yes. Because I just see little Tony mm -hmm. and I have so much compassion. Mm. Here I go again. I know. It's just done. You're like, it's coming up. I know. It's I have compassion it's for little Tony now. It's just amazing though because be, because you have you've overcome all that. Like yeah. the Lord has brought healing to you. Yeah. But a huge part of your healing yeah. was really getting to the to the 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 roots of little oh, Tony yeah. and oh, tending yeah. to what she needed. Yeah. And and this is a, such a sidetrack. I but know, I, I love I'm going to say this. I love it. When I was writing reset, I am so type A, Tony. I yeah. like put my fingers to the the thing and I just, the keyboard, I start typing and I have out. a plan. Yeah. Like you give me six weeks and I can write a book. Like to oh, me, gosh, it's just in my brain. It's going. And I remember sitting down to the computer one day, getting ready to write. And it was in the middle of the book. And, and I felt like God's like, mm -mm, changing your plans today. I want you to write about dealing with your childhood wounds. Oh, and, and chapter 14, smacked up oh, in yes. the middle of the book, uh -huh. is called Like a Child Dealing with Childhood Wounds. And yep. I remember sitting down to the computer and, and imagining Jesus when he says, come, come to me, to let me. the little children come to me. Yeah. And, and I imagined in that moment that he wasn't talking to just the kids there in oh, the room. No. Oh, no. He was talking to my child. My child. Self. Yes. My eight-year-old self. Come yep. to me. There's a place for you here at my feet. Mm. Come to me, little Tony. Come oh. to me, little Martha. Come to me, little Susie. Oh. Like so much of the time, what we do yep. is linked to what we feel. Mm. And what we feel is linked to what we think. And those oh. underlying beliefs of I'm not seen. 
Yeah. I'm not loved. Yeah. I'm not good enough are often rooted in experiences mm. from childhood that we've never faced. That's and so and Jesus good. says, it's come so to true. me. There's a place for your childhood mm. wounds here. When Jesus looks at you, Tony, right now, yeah. he doesn't see you as this incredible woman in your 30s. He also sees you <laughs> yeah. as your eight-year-old like eight-year-old little old self. Tony, She's the one. little twerking self. Twerking. Where, you know? Popping every- around. He's like, come on, sweet girl. Get off the, you're sweating so hard. Come on. Every season of your life. I love And that. he wants to heal every one of those yeah. pieces. You know? mm, that's so good. Oh, snap, y'all. I have such an exciting company to tell y'all about. It's called Go Rings and they do permanent jewelry, y'all. And I've even got like two permanent bracelets that I got from them already. Like I'm obsessed, okay? It's an everyday jewelry brand that gives forward to support missions and ministries. Their jewelry is long lasting. It's waterproof. It's tarnish free, hyperallergenic. It won't be turning your wrist green out here. Plus it's ethically made and real affordable too. So here's what I want you to do. I want you to go to gorings.com and use my code Tony, T-O-N-I, to buy two items. And guess what? Oh, this is going to get real good. You get one free. That's right. Buy two items, get one free. On the website, you can also learn more about Go Rings' partnership program. If you've got a mission or a cause that you're really passionate about, Go Rings would love to partner with you. And they even offer one-month partnerships for people fundraising to go and do what God has called them to do. That could be a mission trip or an adoption, an unpaid internship or just to support like your favorite ministry. Go Rings partners drive sales for that one month and earn 30% of everything sold with their code. So grab yourself some jewelry. You'll never want to take off. I promise you go to gorings.com. I know you'll love it. Hey fam, here's a really cool thing that maybe many of you don't know about me. I got my master's degree in biblical and theological studies from Denver Seminary. I, for real y'all, waddled myself across the stage at eight months pregnant with my son Sammy after three years of going deep into the scripture and understanding God's word even more. I remember when I decided to go to seminary and I had been in years and years of ministry and being a mom and all the other things and I just felt the Lord say, hey, it's time to go deep, not wide with my word and with understanding who I am through my word. I love Denver Seminary, y'all. I mean, I'm like its biggest fan for real because for more than 70 years, Denver has prepared and sent thousands of graduates into the world. They've equipped people. They've challenged people both personally and educationally. They have a heart for the gospel and devotion to scholarly excellence. Like I can personally say this is all so true. Denver Seminary's community is represented by more than 50 denominations, y'all. And it's uniquely known for demonstrating steadfast dedication to the unchanging foundations of biblical faith. They offer several fully accredited degree options to students who are fully online or you can do some on-campus stuff or a blended delivery model. I mean, it's just really, really cool. And it's honestly only a snapshot of why so many people attend Denver Seminary. So here's what I want you to do. If you've ever thought about studying God's word more intently about going to seminary, I want you to head on over to denverseminary.edu slash coloring. All right, I'm gonna say that one more time for the people in the back. denverseminary.edu slash coloring. Check it out. Let me know what you think. And of course, like DM me, send me an email, ask me any questions about seminary. I got you. We got to talk about our thoughts. Deborah, you brought it up. I'm like, oh, goodness. Like 
these runaway thoughts that latch onto our feelings that turn into actions. Huh, what do we need to know about our thoughts as we are trying to pursue more whole lives? Our thoughts will always take the path of least resistance. You know, oh, they're going to do, do what's easiest. And often that's what's negative. It's what's what? familiar. It's what we've defaulted to. This is why reset is called reset because we default to these patterns that we do. Mm. These, these, we're an autopilot. We're we just kind of default to some of that wow. stuff from childhood. Yeah. And in order for us to really begin to break the cycle, we literally need to hit reset. It's like, oh. I can't keep doing things the same way, thinking the same mm. way, feeling the same things and expecting that somehow my That's behavior is going to change. Yep. Yep. So getting to the root of, of, of what we think. So one of the activities in reset, reset is like, it's a lot not of practical. Just a book no, no, no. It's good practical. Because you can read it from cover to cover and still walk away unchanged. Oh. These words aren't magical. Yeah. What's magical is the work of healing. And at the end of each chapter, there's this work Mm -hmm. that I want you to do when you're reading the book. And and in one of the chapters, after we talk about your, your thoughts, I have you take 24 hours and write down every negative thought that pops into your mind. Every single one, like you Mm. have to tune in Yep. because otherwise they happen so fast that things like, oh man. I, I'm not made for this. I'm not capable of doing this. It's going to be such a bad day. I'm so yep. overwhelmed. Whatever the thoughts are, write them down on a piece yes. of paper or put it in your iPhone as a note. Yep. Every single thought for 24 hours. If you need to do it for longer than 24 hours, just to get a good read, do yep. that. And then the next practice and reset, you start looking for patterns mm. because you will find that those negative thoughts are almost always hinged yep. around a theme. Maybe the theme is inadequacy. Yep. Maybe the theme is fear of the future yep. or feel of, fear of what I can't control, fear that something bad is going to happen. Yep. Maybe it's it's feelings of of abandonment and, mm. and afraid that people are, are going to leave or that they don't really love me or yeah. that they don't really care about me. Like there's always going to be a theme mm. and that theme of how we think is revealing of the deeper work that we need to do to heal that theme. So if the theme is inadequacy, for example, like where did that begin? When did the enemy start planting those lies of inadequacy? Mm. And and what does it look like for us to go back to that season that God is spotlighting and and start to do healing work, just like you have done through your journey, right? Tell us, I know people people have heard it, but tell us a little bit about what that looked like for you. I mean, here's what I just want to say. I want to reiterate to you listening, watching right now. I hope that you are not just sitting in your car, on your couch, in your bed, just consuming this information. I hope that you are deeply processing it because this is the good stuff, y'all. I, I just want to say that publicly. And it's interesting because, okay, so I have an organization called Broken Crayon Still Color. And more recently, me and my counselor have been processing like this caregiver side of me, right? Like I, when I was eight years old, I started becoming a caregiver for my mom. She had a massive stroke and it was hard. And so I have this thing where I just want to care for people deeply all the time. The That's a gift. The shadow side is I have this inner belief that if I don't do it, if I don't care for someone, they'll die just like my mom. If I didn't care for her, if I didn't make sure she had her medicine and all the things, she would die. And so it's that extreme in my little brain, okay? Right. Well, I also have this thing where – I kind of don't like to stay in the bad. I'm a stuffer, okay? I used to be a chronic stuffer of my feelings. So 
there's a reason why I've created this organization called Broken Crayon Still Color. Because at a certain point, I'm like, yes, things are really bad. We're in a valley, but it's fine, guys. I'm a Teletubby. Let's get everybody out. Like, it's okay. Everything's <laughs> going to be fine. Everything's going to be fine. But I was doing that to a fault. Instead of saying, hey, yeah, broken crayons still color. You can be broken and you can still color. So just get up and just pick your brokenness up and go. What I've learned how to do over time is to say, let's sit in our brokenness. Yes. Acknowledge our brokenness. Be sad about it. Grieve it acknowledge the longings that come with that the things that you lost the things that you wanted the childhood for me at least of awe and wonder and safety and like relax I look at my eight-year-old now and she's just like she has no worries then I look back at me as an eight-year-old and I just am afraid that my mom's gonna die and so I I don't know if that's like there's a part of your book that I want to bring up toxic optimism like Mm. let's just like push it to the side, but that's a big part of my story. I have to be very careful not to breeze over my pain and not acknowledge it. I have to be very careful to not over care for someone and leave the scraps for myself and then be bitter at them because I cared for them too hard and they didn't get yeah. the same type of care. Those are all sort of, I'm telling people all my business. This is what I'm processing in counseling. Okay. Yeah, that's so powerful. And it, and it makes sense why you were drawn to that specific practice about toxic optimism yeah i mean it's interesting because people are drawn to different they different uh, chapters different ones from the 31 practices based on what we need and what we're going through but toxic optimism is something we don't talk about enough because i think we assume that when it when we're called to renew our mind it means there's no room for grief yeah there's no room for wounds. There's like, no room for pain. We're happy now. But, but those things are not negative. They're mm. all signals. Again, going back to the signal, it's not the feeling yeah. that's bad or good. The feeling is just a mm. signal. It's how we respond to the feeling. Yeah. And you cannot heal a wound until you're willing to acknowledge a wound. Woo. And there's some of you out there who are just pushing through, like yeah. slapping Bible verses on the wound. Gosh, you know, God's going to turn all things for good. We're good. And, and 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 I love how people take Bible verses and then they take like cliche phrases like "Time's going to heal all wounds" and they put them all together to make this like that ain't in the Bible. That ain't in the Bible. That is not in the Bible <laughs> because you have to deal with the wound yeah. in order to heal the wound. Come on, you have to feel its pain and acknowledge its severity. Yeah in order to receive God's healing over that place in your life. And some of us in an effort to be all Christian, (laughs) we're actually just stuffing and preserving the wounds Mm. and making them last even longer. That's good. But but that's not the way of Jesus. No. I mean, Jesus wasn't always this positive butterflies and roses. Jesus grieved. Grieved. Jesus cried. Jesus was a man of many sorrows. He acknowledged the wounds. Yeah, because he also acknowledged the healer. Mm. And I think that's an important piece to this puzzle is we can't live in this toxic optimism where we just don't want to feel anything bad. So Mm. we stuff any sign of anything negative rather than actually saying, man, I got wounds I need to deal with. And in order for me to deal with them, I have to acknowledge them and feel them so that they can begin to heal. And, and there's something yeah. really beautiful about that process. You know what I just thought about too, Deborah? Like when you said like acknowledging the healer, when we decide, okay, I'm not going to acknowledge um, 
this pain, we almost rob God of his job, right? Because if we are not in pain, if we don't need healing, then we don't need a healer. And I'm like, oh, no, like pain is real. I want to acknowledge it because I need daddy God, okay, to come in and heal me. And I want him to do his job. I want him to come in and give me all of his promises. And it's almost like we want to acknowledge the God that allowed his people to get into Canaan, but we don't want to look at the 40 years, right? Right. 40 years of mistrust and just all kinds of sin and craziness. But God becomes bigger, more real, more amazing, stronger in our eyes when we let him do his job. Oh, so true. And and scripture says it is not the healthy who need a doctor, but the sick. We're the ones that are unhealed and we're the ones that have things in our life that God is like, hey, I'm the healer. Let me do my thing. And and we're trying to be the healer by stuffing it, ignoring it, like closing the door on past trauma Mm. rather than Mm. saying, Lord, I believe that you can shine your light in the darkest places. I believe that trauma is powerful, but I am more powerful because of Christ at work in me. And so instead of just kind of closing the doors and stuffing it, we can face it and we can heal from it. Good Lord, y'all. I could run through a wall right now. I'm like, I'm done. (laughs) Wrap the thing up. So fun facts about me, there's two things I really do love in this world, and that's studying God's word and real cute jewelry, okay? So one of our podcast sponsors, Dear Mushka, combines both of the things that I love. They combine God's word and really beautiful jewelry, and I actually got the opportunity to head to Tennessee and spend a few days with Dear Mushka's founder, Katie Lewis, my girl Katie, and she is just amazing, y'all. And I got some cutie jewelry that I've actually been wearing ever since I left her, okay, just gonna be real about that here's what's amazing about the company each dear mushka piece is designed with meaning and purpose and there's reflective scripture that's attached to each one and they help equip you to teach other people about what the jewelry means there's a corresponding verse card that you can carry around like in your purse or your bathroom mirror or in your refrigerator it's just beautiful also here's the really cool thing they put together these like care packages these gift boxes that you can design and specify to a mother's day holiday or a wedding baby shower teacher appreciation i mean all the things even specific things like adoptive and birth moms and encouraging women through infertility loss i mean they're just incredible so here's what i want you to do today head to dearmushka.com to see all the latest cutie designs and even some of the jewelry that i got so we can be twinsies and still coloring podcast listeners get a real special discount that's right use my discount code just tony my name t-o-n-i at the checkout to get 20 percent off your purchase let me know if you get some cute pieces i want to see all your pictures Hey, I just want to give a quick shout out to my people over at Pine Cove Summer Camps. They have been supporting the Still Coloring Podcast. And I mean, these guys have been in business, y'all, for over 50 years. They have so much experience when it comes to camp ministry. And let me tell you this, I got super excited, like super excited, because they finally brought their overnight youth camp to Georgia, the Springs. Pine Cove Springs is for kids, um, I think like third through the ninth grade. And what's exciting about that for our family is that our daughter Dylan is officially in the third grade. She is eight years old. She's a spunky little strong-willed girl, and she is officially going to summer camp this summer at Pine Cove Springs. We are 
beyond excited. We are such big fans of the camp. The truth is the reason why we're big fans is because I've got an extroverted daughter who loves Jesus and she needs more environments, more people around her that love Jesus too, that are fun and engaging and safe because y'all know we are all about safe places. And Pine Cove Camps offers really, really safe places. And then they have incredible counselors that aren't just like sitting on the sidelines being all weird, but they're engaging with the the campers. And I, I can't wait for Dylan to get back and be like, I have a new best friend. I have a new mentor. I have someone else in my life outside of you, mom, who's telling me that Christ is amazing and that I'm amazing and that he loves me very, very much. And I want to invite you to start a brand new tradition for your own children or your child at Pine Cove Springs this summer. So all you got to do is just go to pinecove.com. You can use my special code. It's Tony250, T-O-N-I-250, for $250 off for first-time overnight youth camp registration for any of Pine Cove camp locations. I hope, maybe, I don't know, that we'll see each other there and we'll get excited about our kids going to camp. Yeah. Deborah, you've stepped into a very controversial space when it comes to our faith, our feelings, our emotional wellness, and our spiritual beings like it's, it's a hard space, but I just think it's transforming lives. I just can't tell you how many people, how many friends I've referred to your resources, the women that are in our courses. We didn't send them that find a counselor page that you got on your website so many times because it's we need to believe in an unseen God. And we also need to believe that he's OK with us here on this earth, becoming more whole, doing the actual best thing that we can to like run this race. I just, I love you. I honor you. I have two more questions. I will stop rambling on. I think one of the things that I get to see a lot in the women that we get to help is women who have said, okay, I went down this healing journey. I'm on it. It's awesome. I'm starting to look back at my past, even men. I mean, I'm starting to look back at my story and it's gotten really painful. It almost mm -hmm. feels a little bit more painful now that I have started to acknowledge what thoughts I've been having, what feelings have kind of come up, and I don't want to keep going. What do you yeah. say to them? First of all, that is so normal. Yeah. Because when you've been stuffing and numbing, yep. and now you have to feel, it's like the Novocaine is worn off, oh, and now you're actually feeling the actual pain of yep. the wound. That pain was there. Mm. You were just numbing it. So you weren't healing it or dealing with it. In fact, the pain might've been getting worse, but you were numbing it. Oof. So you didn't realize it was there. And, and so now you're actually facing it. And yes, it is hard work. Yeah. It really is. But, but I always tell people it's hard work to heal, mm. but it's harder to live unhealed Oh yes, because you carry that burden with you through life. And then that dysfunction those wounds, yep. those pains, those yep. hurts start to spill over into yep. the lives of your family, your marriage, your children, your ministry. Yep. So it actually takes much more work to mm. live unhealed and carry that burden oh, and yes. allow that burden to overflow into everybody else's lives. That is mm. much harder. Much, much And harder. so when you bring this stuff to the surface and you're like, man, there's a lot of stuff there. It's like cleaning out the pantry, you know, yeah. and you start cleaning out the pantry and all of a sudden it's like, whoa, everything's out and life is crazy. Uh-huh. And then- you start putting it back mm. and dealing with it in the right way. And what you yep. don't realize is all of that stuff was in the pantry anyway. It was you already there with anything the dust new. bunnies. Yes. You just revealed it. Come on. So now you can deal with it. Mm, that, one good. of my favorite phrases that I say in Reset is that God is revealing things in order for us to heal them. And, and Tony, you know, I want to bring up this subject because I think it's something our culture 
doesn't do well. Yeah. And it's the topic of triggers. Oh, when, my goodness. When we, we live in a trigger avoidant culture where oh, yeah. if something triggers us, like maybe I'm having a conversation here. with yeah. you. Yeah. And, and you say something and it's like, oh, she triggered me. I'm done with this friendship. Oh, my gosh. Yes. I'm out. I got to go. Or Sam is preaching something from the stage and, uh -huh. and he says something that triggers somebody and they're like, I'm done with this. Church. I'm not going to this church anymore. Yep. Because our culture tells us when something triggers you, it's the run. problem with that thing or that person and you need to be done. But what if oh. triggers oh, were cool. actually a sign that we needed more healing inside of us? That it's not the thing that triggered you, but maybe it's you. Oh, maybe snap. You. Maybe that trigger is revealing something in you that needs to heal because a, a, oh, getting triggered good. is essentially an exaggerated emotional response. Remember we talked wow. about how feelings are a signal. Yeah. So if I'm having an exaggerated response to something or someone, yep. for example, I was watching a show the other day where this man and woman were having an interaction and it got just a touch heated where he was just being a little, he, he got a little flustered with her and all of a sudden she went mm. berserk. But it turns out he triggered her because she has an abuse history. Oh. She has had horrible relationships with yeah. men. So when this man did a, a kind of a normal, irritating thing in a conversation mm -hmm. that somebody like me and you would walk away being yep. like, well, that was kind of annoying, yep. but it, it, it took her to the next level because of her past pain. Oh my so what if triggers were 20% about what was actually happening here and now yeah, and 80% about mm. Lord, what are you revealing? Mm -hmm. What are you spotlighting that I need to heal on a deeper level? Triggers reveal something that needs mm. healing, uh, that Gosh. that needs to 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 be dealt with. That needs to be paid attention to. And and when we deal with that trigger, whatever's mm. left over, we can bring to the table and That's say, "Listen, so man, that conversation you had, I just felt like you were kind of rude, and and I'd appreciate an apology." It doesn't mean that there's That's no good. role that the other person 100%. has. But it does mean that I take the bigger portion because yeah. when I have a role, then I have control. Yep. If I have no role, then I'm the victim. Mm, that's right? good. So it's oh. important for us to even be in tune to the emotional responses that we're having to life, especially when you yep. see an exaggerated emotional response. Maybe Sam says something to you, Tony. Oh, no. The Listen, when you said it, like, I was like, she, she talking about our lives? Is she putting my business out there? Because when I got out of my abusive, toxic marriage, transitioned into a new relationship with a lot of unhealed places, Sam would say one little thing like, hey, when you said that, that kind of offended me. And I would freak out i'm like what are you gonna leave me are you gonna leave me are you gonna start yelling at me are you gonna hit me he's like whoa i was just saying that we what you said had offended me i just want to have a conversation about it but so i'm like yeah mm -hmm, i'm convicted but we healed okay we heal in okay so it's but yeah I, I know spot. exactly yeah it's a sore spot and and maybe that person didn't cause the sore spot yeah. but they pushed on it and they revealed it. And, and that's why relationships are so complicated. Yeah. It's because if we don't have relationships rubbing up against us, all our sore spots mm. are invisible. Nobody's pushing up against them. Oh, so you don't even but know. But when we're in relationship, yes. oftentimes those sore spots get pressed on. And, and but, but what if we were to see it as an invitation instead of like this annoying thing and this annoying person and my husband and what if we were to see it as an, an invitation where God's mm. like, I'm revealing these things to you Ooh. because I'm trusting you. 
to heal, to heal in a deeper way than ever before. And, Come on. and Tony, if I could just say, I am truly believing mm. that this is the year of deeper healing. I'm truly believing that God's going to pour out oh, a, let's a go. deeper level of healing because over the past few years, since 2020, there's been a hunger. A lot of things have been exposed. A lot yep. of things have been revealed, yes. but now that they're revealed, it's an invitation for us to heal on a deeper oh, level. And I'm excited so for what God's going to do. Let the Lord reveal so he can heal, honey. Okay. Put that Amen. on the shirt. Deborah. Okay. Last Amen. Question. Okay. Last question. What is at stake if we don't reset? What's at stake? I want to say everything. <laughs> All. <laughs> All of because, them. Because I truly believe that if we want to change the world, which we always talk about, uh-huh. we have to start with the the mm. portion of the world that we are most responsible for, which is us, which uh-huh. is me. This is it. Yeah. If I want to change my family, if I don't want to change my kids, if I don't change my husband, yeah. I have to start with the portion that I am most responsible for, which is mm. me. And when I begin to change and heal me, I can then influence the people around me. And the Bible says, remove the plank out of your own eye first. And then you will see clearly to take the speck out of your brother's eye. It doesn't say don't ever take the speck out of your brother's eye, but it says if you remove your plank first, you you will then see clearly. And so I think for us to change the world, to change our family, to change our marriage, Mm. we got to start with changing ourselves. Yeah. And, and truly inviting God, partnering with him and accepting his invitation yeah. to heal us on a deeper level and saying, Lord, I am willing to do mm. the work. I believe that you can help me. And I, and I believe if I partner with you, you will always say yes yeah. to the work of internal healing in my life. Mm, and yeah. so everything's at stake, but at the mm. same time, we, we also get the, the, the beauty of living life abundant in the way that Jesus says we can. That's so good. And I'm believing that over everybody listening today. Oh, okay. As we were talking about everyone listening today, can you say a prayer um, to close us out over everyone that's on this journey? They're listening here. They're watching here because they're on some sort of healing journey. Can you pray for us? I would be honored to do that. Jesus, we just thank you for every single person listening today. We just thank you, God, that you have been intentional about revealing things over the past few years in our life. And and it's up to us if we're going to pay attention to the signals. Mm. God, you bring things up to the surface of our life. You reveal things so that you can heal them. And I just pray that this would be the year of healing on a deeper level. I pray, God, even for the people who who say, well, I've dealt with this before. Why is it coming back up Mm. again? God, I pray that you would even take them into a deeper layer of healing, a new layer that they've never experienced before. Things come up to the surface of our life, not to shame us, but to invite us into deeper levels of healing and walking with you and and knowing you as the great healer, God. And I just pray that you would shine your light into some of the darkest places. I pray, God, that we would be able to look at our pain and our wounds and our trauma in the eye and say, yes, you're powerful, but we are more powerful because of Christ at work in us. And I just pray that over each person listening, God, that this would be their year. In Jesus' name, God, we ask for a reset and we know that you are powerful and strong Mm. and that you will always say yes to the inner work of healing. We love you and we thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Cheers to deeper healing.
Amen, girl. Cheers to deeper healing. Thanks for coming on, Deborah. Thanks for having me, Tony. Yay. Bye, y'all. Hey, I just want to thank you so much for listening to the Still Coloring Podcast with Tony Collier. I am so absolutely grateful to hold the stories of brokenness that we get to share with you and the honor that it is to point you to both resources and ultimately to our source, Jesus Christ. If you can't get enough of the show, we'd love for you to leave a rating and or a review wherever you listen to podcasts and spread the word. If you've got someone in your life who you think would benefit from this show, don't keep it from them. And if Instagram is your thing, I want you to meet me there at Tony J. Collier. I'm a little wild, so buckle up. We'll see you next time as we all lean into the stories that help us claim hope and grit over our own lives. See you soon. The Still Coloring Podcast is a production of Ivy Media Podcasts. It's produced by me, Tony Collier, and edited by Lindsay Barnett. The music is by my sweet husband, Sam Collier, of A Greater Story Ministries and Story Church. The artwork, all of the graphics, and the beautiful things that you see marketing the podcast is by Natalie Maxey of Nueva Creative. The show note illustrations, which you have to download on my site, are by Emily Mills of Sketch Academy. And I'm your host, Tony. And I want to remind you of this. You can heal and find hope and grit right in the middle of your valley. Love you.